Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,427. Today, a wonderful talk with an institution and a gentleman who's helping people find their passion jobs in the automotive sector. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Irving, Texas. Texas, I've got some roots there. My dad grew up on a farm in Texas. A lot of great people in Texas with a very special guest by the name of Jesus Miranda. Jesus, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Yes, I'm ready. We'll have some fun today. Now, before I introduce you and we talk about this tremendous work you and your team are doing there on the campus, there's a little clue to what we're going to talk about today, helping young people find their passion in a career in the automotive industry. What's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Jesus? Well, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, but I've been with UTI for 25 years. I've helped to open two other campuses, and this is my last campus here in Texas. I moved around the United States a little bit. Well, tremendous. My daughter and her husband and my grandkids live in Phoenix, so I've been hitting over there a lot lately Nice. Uh, since they were born. Yeah, I uh, was over there in August, though, and it was like 117 degrees. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons why I no longer live there. That, yeah. that temperature in that summer is pretty hot. So It's, it's pretty brutal, but it sure is beautiful this time mm-hmm. of year when the rain starts falling here in the Pacific Northwest. So uh, I'm mm-hmm. not going to complain. Let me introduce you. Jesus Miranda is the campus president at Universal Technical Institute, known as UTI, in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area. He has more than two decades, as he said, of higher education experience. The focus at UTI is a a solid employment outcome for all of their graduates. Jesus leads campus staff and instructors to deliver UTI's centrally developed technical education programs accredited by the Accrediting Commission of Career Schools and Colleges. The curriculum is grounded in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, and aligns with the changing workforce where demand for skilled technicians is certainly remaining high. UTI partners with local employers and provides education, that serves the industry's needs. The goal is helping students find their calling in a career in the transportation industry and more importantly, in the field that they love. We'll be back in just a moment to learn a lot more about UTI and Jesus, but first a word from our sponsors. So please give them a little listen and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. 
For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels, and it takes more than a wrench and oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars Yeah! supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology. It's in high demand. You get paid really well. And you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles. And you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road. Visit techforce.org today and learn how. So, hey, Sue, so let's go back a little bit of what brought you into the field of teaching and helping and promoting. And then I want to take a deeper dive into UTI and what you guys are doing to bring the opportunities for young people who want to work in the car industry to fruition. So take us back in history a little bit and walk us through how you got to where you are today. Sure. So I started with UTI in 1998 and originally worked in the financial aid department. And I think I mentioned this to you before, but it was just a job and something that I wanted to do and had an interest in. And pretty quickly, as I started engaging with our student population and seeing the impact we were having in their lives and and their um, being able to take care of their families and provide them great careers, I kind of got hooked. So it started as a job and then became my passion. Um, So started in financial aid, continued through the the company and employment career services, education, uh, campus operations, and then the campus president. And um, my only goal throughout the entire time was figuring out ways that I can help more and more students. And I think that's one of the things that um, not only why I'm with UTI, but also what kept me at UTI all these years. Well, it's wonderful. I've had many guests on the show who graduated from UTI schools, went on to work in many of them, created their own businesses around their passion for cars. And you and I had a great pre-show conversation about traditional college versus what UTI does. So could you share more about what UTI is all about, the programs you offer there, and how you help young people fulfill their dreams? So UTI is a nationwide program. Um, we're, we're located here and uh, just outside of Dallas and Irving, Texas. So here at this location, we offer automotive technician training, diesel technician training, as well as welding. Uh, we, we, we train welders. But some of our other campuses offer collision repair, motorcycle repair, marine repair. So if you think about Anything where a person has to work with their hands and their head um, and and fix a moving vehicle, we we do that. You know, that's part of what we 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 kind of focus our training in. So yeah, you know, as far as traditional college versus technical, our students 
in general, they know what they want to do and they want to get there as fast as possible and they're super passionate about it. So uh, we try to provide them the best training and get them out earning a good living as fast as possible. Well, the wonderful thing about this is, and we hear this more and more, and it's more of what we, you and I spoke about this morning before we got on the air here, is that so many young children, kids, young adults believe, well, I've got to go out and get a degree in something. And so many Uh of them don't know what they want to do, or they're pressured to go get a degree at what I would call a more typical or traditional four-year college that has nothing to do with their passion. And this pressure to go get that piece of paper has led to, oh, I think we're up to a trillion dollars of, of student loan debt these yeah, days. Yep. It's it's absolutely insane. And I love the fact that there are other opportunities now. And you and I spoke about how people like Mike Rowe are promoting this. And the fact that these are real well-paying jobs. I mean, just go get your car fixed these days and look at what the hourly rate of shops are, uh, dealerships or just private shops. These jobs provide real careers, real future for people. So can you walk through what your feelings are about this and maybe take it a little further with some ideas of some students that have come in and gone on to be super successful? My general belief is this. Every career, whatever career you're going to enter into, whether it's uh, becoming a lawyer, a dentist, an accountant, or a technician, it has a path that you can take to get there. And I think the mistake that we've made um, in the United States, generally speaking, is to tell students, kids, that the only way you can be successful is by going to college, right? Traditional college route. And what we find is that a lot of them will attend that route, not enjoy, not enjoy it, incur debt, and then change their position on it anyway. And and many times they fail, right? So they stop going and they fail, which doesn't help motivate them to do more when they enter the industry or whatever they're going to do. So what I believe is, is like, pick your career, find try to find your passion, and then give those students options on what paths they can take to get there. And so UTI, for instance, is a great path for people that want to enter this industry. There's other ways to get there. This is one of those options. And I think that's the, the, the best advice I can give for any parent or any school out there is provide options for these students to have a path to the career that they want to get instead of just saying, you got to go to a traditional college or, or, you, or you failed. Um, and so that, that's my number one piece of advice, I think, that I've learned over the 25 years at UTI. You know, I graduated from high school in 1976, so that was a long time ago. Things have certainly <laughs> dramatically changed. There I aged myself mm-hmm. a bit. One, I remember sitting in the high school counselor's office, and they, they kind of mm-hmm. run you through a series of traditional questions, and they kind of steer you down, well, this is what you should do. And I've looked mm-hmm. back at that going, what? And it wasn't a long meeting. It's not like they even asked you what you like. It was just, well, it looks like you're great. You're good in this. You should do this. You're good in that. You should do that. I think it works for some students, but for probably most students, it probably doesn't. So what do you think should change in the lower education system all the way up to high school that would help? And are there avenues that you know of for young people that are 17, 18, or even, you know, they start thinking about this 16, 15, where they can really go and try to expand their knowledge of what is possible out there? Yeah, I think uh, what we should do a better job of is exposing students in junior high and and high school to careers, right? So people think they know they want to become something. I'll give you my story. Um, In my high school counselor office, they said that I should be an accountant. And I was like, well, that's interesting because I really don't like accounting (laughs) or don't know anything about it, right? Well, you know, the minute I started getting into it, taking accounting classes, I'm like, this is not me. I'm not interested in it, nor do I have a passion about it. So, um, so it, it was, it was a miss that I think happens all the time. So, but people don't know what a career is until they get exposed to it. The, the advantage 
that our students have or students in, in certain industries is they can go work on their car and say, man, I loved changing the oil in my car or rotating my tires or something very basic. And you can kind of build on top of that. So expose these students or somehow get them into the industry that they might want to get so they can see if it's something that they're excited about. Uh, Most of the time what happens is you go to college, you get trained in something, and then you realize this isn't what I want to do. And that's where you waste a lot of time and a lot of money. Yep. Does UTI or are there opportunities for young people who have a propensity for working with their hands or they love automobiles, whatever factor, could be storing old cars or working on new cars, whatever it is, boats, airplanes, whatever. Are there some ways, because in Europe, I know they have a lot of programs where kids can go and do almost like internships, even in high school or junior high at companies to is this the environment I want to be in? My dad suggested that for me when I was young. He said, go volunteer to work at a company. Don't expect pay. Just spend a summer there or a month and see if you even like the environment. Ask people what you, you know, what do you do? What do you do all day? But I don't think too many people do that, nor are there channels. It doesn't seem like maybe there are today that I'm unaware of. No, I think you're right. I think most people don't do that. They have an idea of what they want to do and then they pursue it and then they realize sometimes it's what they want, sometimes it isn't. So um, y- yes, that, that opportunity exists. Obviously, high schools do have uh, VOTEC programs where students can participate in and start getting uh, exposed to whatever industry they want to get into. That's a huge thing that I would say, um, like I would advise a family member in the same thing. Go take as many of these VOTEC programs as you can or get exposed to to see what you might be passionate about. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, doing work on your own vehicle. If you have a family member or a friend that works in a given industry, to connect with them and say, hey, can I shadow you for a day? I think if we did that more often, I think we'd have more students get into an industry that they are uh, that they love and they're passionate about, and that can actually do something that they want to do over the next 20 or 30 years. Well, I would agree. My son's a good example. When he was in high school, he got the idea, maybe medicine is a field I'd like to go in. And I knew some, some doctors, and one of them was a podiatrist. And he said, yeah, I have Blake come in and spend a day with me. Well, he does surgeries, and they do foot amputations and uh, fix people's feet problems, all sorts of things. And Blake spent a day with him uh, in the operating room and so forth and came home and said, I don't think that's for me. <laughs> it's like, holy mackerel, you know. So there you go. I mean, part of me was going, oh, my God, medical school? <laughs> this is going to be expensive. Yeah, you were like, like hopefully uh, he does what he wants to do, and hopefully it's not medical school. <laughs> yeah, I paid my friend Eddie off to uh, make sure he brought him in on a bad day. No, I'm kidding, but yeah, <laughs> at any rate, yeah, it, it's it's good to experience that. I like to talk about driving inspirations, and I see you and what you your team and all the teachers there are doing at UTI as being very inspirational, very influential, very much mentors. Was there somebody like that in your life that helped drive you into the right direction for your career? tell you this, in my career, in, in, in you know, there were several people, and, and again, I've worked all my career at UTI, and there were several people throughout my time here that, that helped me just move one step further. So I wouldn't pick one specific person, but I definitely learned lessons. And, and so... Um, so it's not a person, it's actually a company. This company helped me. When I graduated high school, I had no clue what I wanted to do, nor did I know what I wanted to like pursue. And when I came to work here, I found my passion. And so, you you know, UTI has been um, uh, th- that inspiration for me. And then again, a lot of the people that I've worked here throughout the time, uh, personally, obviously, like a lot of people, I mean, I wouldn't be where I'm at without you know, my mother and her drive and her focus and raising four boys and four rowdy boys to say that I know. Bless her heart. <laughs> Bless her heart. So, um, but you know, she, she just taught me to overcome and never, never just uh, rest on my laurels. Right. And, and I, where I came from and where I'm at today, you know, I definitely owe it to her for sure. 
What was it about the beginning time at UTI and then what really opened your eyes and your mind to go, this is what I want to do with my life? I found my holy grail. Well, pretty early on, it was working directly with students to help. I worked in financial aid, so I would work with them to help get their tuition funded. And the excitement and the energy that them and their family showed to try to get them into school and how much passion they had around it. I'm like, man, this is fantastic, right? Like I didn't have that passion or that like thing that I really wanted to do. And I I thought that's very cool. And as I started helping them, I started seeing pretty quickly for me that this is, this is like, I want to help students. I want to work in the education field. So that's, I I was a couple years into my career. And then when I moved into career services, so now I'm helping students when they graduate, obtain employment in the industry that they chose. There's nothing more rewarding than to help a student get a job and, you know, connect their passion with their, with their work. And um, once I did that, it hooked me. I was done. Uh, like, like I said, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. That's a magical moment. And a lot of people don't find it until much later in their life. So I'm so happy for you that you found that. Well, great lives do not come without great challenges. And I always like to mm-hmm. ask the challenge question about something that really kind of set you back. But looking back, it taught you an incredibly valuable lesson. What was, what was one of those for you? Well, so I've always, throughout my career at UTI, I've always felt like problems or issues are always just like a scheduling exercise. You just put a plan together around it, you figure out and you work towards something and you get it, you get it done. Um, when the pandemic hit in 2020, that kind of shifted my mentality around that. Yeah. Oh my yes. God. I mean, I know, I know it did for everybody, right? <laughs> so it did for everybody. And so I'm not unique, but I didn't have control over something, right? There was something outside of this school or this company that I couldn't influence. And I said, what do we do? And so um, th- that was one of the biggest challenges I faced in my career, my life, and my everything. And I said, you know what? We have to control what we can. We have to work as hard as we can to take care of our students and our staff here at the college and just make sure that we're doing as much as we can to, to get back to what we were calling our new normal, right? Like um, as quickly as possible, as safely as possible, just get back to that because I think our students deserve it and our staff deserves it. And so what I learned from that and what I, what I take away is now is just that. Control what you can control. Get, get the things done that you can get things done. Focus on the things that matter most. And I think everything will turn out really well. Oh, you know, I felt that whole thing was such a mess for so many people. Obviously, took some uh-huh. lives as well, which was a real tragedy. But for anyone that was attending college at that time, and I've got lots of friends with kids who were in, that was just, we're still seeing ramifications from that bad experience. Uh, It was just so difficult. What were some of the ways, because I think about, okay, you can do online learning you can have Zoom meetings where the college professor talks, but we're talking about hands-on stuff, you know, it'd be like, Uh so, so what are some ways that you guys worked through that, that you found worked as well as they could? So uh, that's a great question, by the way. So we were primarily a hands-on, on-site teaching environment. Um, if you think about our, the things that our industries that we train for, I mean, that's what we do. We did have a, a small portion that was online. When that happened, we had to shift. And so a lot of our instructor-led training that we would normally do in a classroom environment, we shifted and, and converted that online, right? So like you mentioned, that was one way to do it. But then we're like, how do we take all these students and safely put them in a lab environment where they can come and complete their labs and not, you know, put themselves in, in any danger. And um, and so we had to figure out a way to take all of our labs that we would normally have on average about 24 students in down to nine because we had to do individual lab, individual assignments, et cetera. And so that's what we did. 
right? We, we said, we're not going to let this keep us from training our students. And so we did. We created multiple sessions throughout the day. They would do their online work at home, come on site, complete their labs, and then leave for the day. And so that's that was probably the number one thing that our company did, my campus did specifically, that helped us work through that. And I'll tell you, we did lose a, uh, at that time. We gained most of them back, but a good portion of our students because of it. But our students were thankful for it. They wanted to be part of something. They wanted to continue their training. They were super passionate about it, and they were ready for it. Uh, you know, there was a lot of back and forth, like, should we do it at this time? Should we not do it? And and overwhelmingly, our students were very thankful that we opened and were able to provide that education. Oh, that's brilliant. Looking ahead uh, to the future, what do you see some things UTI wants to do or should do or maybe working on doing to help promote what you guys do for young people? Yes, from UTI's perspective, we're growing. We're, we're actually expanding uh, into other industries that are very hands-on. You know, I always say uh, work with your hands and with your head. So that's the number one thing we're doing. We're getting into wind energy. We're also going to be training HVAC residential and, and commercial um, HVAC industrial maintenance training. So we're, we're expanding our program so we can we feel like we do an amazing job in the transportation industry and and we want to grow a little bit more and provide more opportunities for students. I'll tell you, my wife and I have had, you know, people come out to our house to repair things, especially HVAC systems and how complicated mm-hmm. they are now. And every time they're out here, they say, we need more people. And then they tell me mm-hmm. the kind of pay they're getting. <laughs> I know because I mm-hmm. pay their bills when they fix my <laughs> units because I can't fix them anymore. They're all these chipboards and all those things. And and I just go, man, I, I mean, if you have a propensity to fix things and you don't want to sit in a cubicle in a desk, you'd like getting out, talking to people. And uh, Pacific Air and Heating is the company. And it was started by uh, a good friend of mine who sadly passed away unexpectedly. But his son has come in to take over the company. And this company is wonderful. And going back to that communication, they They've taught their techs to properly communicate when they come into someone's home. Because we've all had that plumber or electrician come in and it's just like, oh, I don't even want this guy here. You know, it's just, it's very odd, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that that's a tremendous, plumbing is another one. Plumbers are not cheap. And who wants to do plumbing when you get anything more serious than you should? So I think it's great that you're, you're getting into that. You know, I like to talk a little bit about people's personal passion for cars. Is there a special vehicle that's been in your life in the past that you could share a story about? Not a vehicle that I own, but yes. So um, the, the vehicle that I've always wanted and will get one day when my wife allows it. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I understand. A, um, that's how you stay married a long time. <laughs> I know I've been married right. 39 years. <laughs> so my grandfather, who passed away many years ago, owned a 1966 uh, Chevy C10, and I never got to drive it. And I always wanted to, and I always wanted it, but at some point, you know, he passed away and then the, the vehicle got sold. And that's my dream vehicle, right? Nice. That That's the one I have the most memories about that I always want. And I, one day I'll, I'll have that car. So. Well, I have no doubt. It's very interesting you say that because I had a guest on the show two weeks ago that is restoring one. The same story. It was a family car. And that... If you look at that vehicle, it's quite interesting to me because the way the hood came down, it had this little, like the the turn signals integrated into the top, like above the headlights and that little opening and the, the spear coming down the side. And who doesn't love a truck? I mean, they're just, okay, well, cool. I'm with you 100%. Yeah, well, you know, uh, have your wife call me and or call my wife and she'll explain that it's very important <laughs> that you have the car you like because you'll be much happier and more prone to do a lot more chores around the house. So 
I've tried to tell her that, and she's uh, <laughs> she has selective hearing, so not working. Well, but sounds like you married a smart woman like I did, so you got to work a little harder, mm-hmm. my friend. Okay, uh, no mm-hmm. doubt you'll have one of those in your driveway. So here's a little bit of a psychological test for you: if you were to be a vehicle, that is, be manifest as a vehicle, reincarnated (pun intended), what would you be? But more importantly, why? Uh, this is a this is a great question. So what I did was I wrote down three or four things, characteristics that I thought were, were me. And then I asked a few close people around me the same thing. And there was a lot of words that crossed over. And once we wrote them down, we came up with these words. I'm like, crap, I'm a... <laughs> I'm a Honda. I'm I'm a Honda Accord. I'm a very practical, yeah, not flashy, dependable vehicle that will just go. And so, yeah, I wanted to come up with like yeah. a Corvette or a 1967 Mustang, but guess what? I'm not. So, well, I appreciate you being honest about it because a lot of people just will not go where I try to drive them on this question, and they, I'm a Ferrari F1. I'm so sexy. <laughs> you know, like really? Okay, feel good about yourself. Uh, that's fine if that's the way you feel. But no, I I've heard this a lot uh, probably the the most frequently used word uh, for that question is a truck. You know, I mm-hmm. just do the work. I get it done. Sometimes maybe a four-door trucks because I can take my family with me. I like to be around people. But mm-hmm. Honda Accord, nothing wrong with that. Uh, boy, that that's a brand and a mark that's been around for a long time and done really well. And probably one of the best cars along with Toyotas that last forever, right? Well, it's funny you say that because the, the other car was Toyota. So there you okay. go. That, well, that, that, that's who I am in a nutshell in a car. Same so. difference. You know, I do like to ask mm-hmm. guests about how they like to give back. And I think we've answered that question because UTI and what you and the team there are doing, that's what you're all about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we're passionate. My team is passionate and uh, we, we want to take um, kids, students that have a passion for working in our industries, get them excited about it, train them in it, and then get them a, a great employment opportunity so they can develop themselves and grow and, and raise families 100%. How about a great book that you found either enlightening or educational or a whole lot of fun? Well, I'm sure you've heard this book before, many of your guests, but the, the, the book that I always found that I've read a couple times or like, let's say, listened to now a couple times is Good to Great by Jim Collins. And um, and there's a lot of great things to about that book that I think can help a lot of organizations. But the number one thing was creating like a culture of discipline and accountability. And I think it, it sounds bad, but it's actually a great thing that gives your, your team and your students uh, very consistent training and great outcomes. I love that book. We read that book in the company I was working and helping build years ago. And I gave copies of that book to both my kids when they went off to college. And uh, Mm -hmm. I remember them saying, Dad, I'm going to be having to read so much books. Why are you giving me a book to read? And I said, well, because I want you to think about the lessons out of Jim's book uh, in your studies and as you're thinking about what your career is going to be, because there's a lot of value here. So uh, that's that is a great, great read. Everybody should read that book. I think you should give it to high school students to read, quite honestly. I agree, and it's it's not and it's not a hard read either. No. And there's even if you just take one or two concepts from it and apply it, you'll you'll have a lot of success. Absolutely. I agree, one hundred percent. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's have some more fun here. I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive. I'll park any car you want. If you want that old truck in your driveway, you can have it. You can take it anywhere. But here's the key: because cars in the world is really about people and not things, you can take anybody with you, including somebody from the past. It's no longer with us. So this opens up a wide opportunity for wonderful conversation. What does the ultimate drive look like for you? So that, that's very interesting. So I went two ways here. One, my, my grandfather died when I was 10. So I don't have, I have a lot of memories of him, but not super specific memories. So I would love, he was very stoic 
and very, and, and, and such a hard worker and kind of um, helped me to get where I'm at today, even as a child. I'd love to have a conversation with him in that 1966 <laughs> aqua blue C10 driving in the road in Chihuahua, Mexico, where, where he grew up and where I spent a lot of my childhood. And what we would talk about, it was he, he was stoic. He was very quiet. So it would be whatever he'd want. But I'd want to know one thing, like he accomplished a lot in that town is what made him want to accomplish that much and what made him want to want to do what he did because I, I never got to talk to him about it so yeah yeah I, I didn't get to get to know my grandparents that well either we lived in Southern California they were in Texas mm-hmm. and didn't get to visit much I remember we would do a monthly phone call my mom would put an egg timer in front of us because phone calls were so expensive and that, yeah when that three minute sand wore out I had to hand the phone to my sister and I was done so <laughs> Never really got to know him. Yeah. We did visit a few times. That's and bad. I just remember he was a farmer in Texas. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, I just remember shaking uh-huh. his hand was like shaking a brick. Yeah. He was just so strong and uh, was a true cowboy. Rode a horse up until the day before he passed in his mid-80s. Uh, so, uh, yeah, these are... these are uh. Same thing, a farm... We raised, uh, we grew alfalfa and cotton and he worked on that farm and we were kids on that farm and we worked and he worked as hard as us plus that. And it's like, and he was much older, right? So it's just that drive and that passion to do that. It was just, I just want to talk to him about that for sure. A truly magical generation of people. You've taken us on a wonderful, inspirational walk today, Jesus, and I'm very, very grateful that we were able to get together. I want to do a shout out to uh, Laura Panino of uh, Panino Partners for getting us together. So, Laura, thank you so Mm -hmm. much for sticking with this. Before I let you go, could you share maybe some parting words of wisdom or inspiration for our listeners? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, it kind of goes back to what I mentioned with respect to what happened in COVID. And it's like so many things happen to us um, around our lives, whether it's personal or professional. And sometimes we kind of compile them and, and make them all one big thing. And I would say, you know, control what you can control focus on what's important to you. And I think if you do those two things, you're going to be successful or you'll, you'll, you'll be okay at the back end of it. Um, so that's my, my best words of advice for anybody. And, no, and that goes for any situation, uh, again, personal, professional. Absolutely. Yeah. Throw some of that baggage out and uh, realize yeah. just, just work on what you can control because the rest, you know what? Either a week from now or a year from now, it really won't matter. Uh, you'll be agree. Much I totally ahead. agree. How can people learn a lot more about Universal Technical Institute? The best way to learn more about UTI is uh, going to uti.edu on our website. Um, they have all of our programs listed out there. And you can search for each campus and get more specific information by campus. But uti.edu is the best way to learn about Universal Technical Institute. Very easy to find listeners. And if you have a young person in your life or who knows, maybe you're at a point in your life where you want to change career paths, UTI can help you as well. So I think this is wonderful. Hey, Seuss, hey, my hat's off to you and your team there for what you're doing for people. You're creating dreams, enabling people to do what they really love. And there's nothing better than being able to support yourself doing what you love. I know because I've talked to over 2,426 people now who figured that out. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thanks again. Appreciate it. You're welcome. This was great fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.